Good afternoon, everybody. This is Mike Banner, host of the 62 Who Knew television show, coming from you, coming to you from my office this time, not my house. We're getting closer and closer to that studio, but in these unusual times we are living in, I'm making it closer. I'm at the office, and I really don't need this. I was just stressing a point of how weird times have become, but I hope you're all wearing your masks and practicing your social distancing, because this is a serious thing. But welcome. Uh, we are going to have one of our favorite guests tonight, Miss Diane Daniels. I'll tell you a little bit about her in just a couple of minutes. It's going to be a neat show. Every time Diane is on, we have pretty much to the point, succinct topics. We have fun with each other. Tonight, Diane told me, or this afternoon, depending on how you want to look at 5 o'clock, she told me we're not only going to discuss some great things, we're going to discuss some very well-known insurance company companies names that you're going to recognize that are not doing very well for their clients during this COVID-19 crisis. So we have a lot to discuss tonight. Like so many other shows, a lot of it is going to surround uh, COVID-19, but we're going to have another discussion too. I've always had hesitated on staying away uh, from political topics um, on 62. Who knew we have certain goals here. And as our audience knows, those goals are to help people approaching the age of 62 or who are already there thinking about retirement. We know the premise of the show, but for our new guests, let me, or our new watchers, viewers, let me say it one more time. Uh, all people as they get to 62, with the exception of the top 1% of this country. The other 99% of us in our upper 50s or as we approach 62, I hit 62 just 16 days ago. We all think the same thing. Do we have enough money in the bank? No, we don't. Do we want to pay off our house? Should we get a reverse mortgage? Do we need long-term care insurance? Uh, should I take Social Security? Or should I defer to a later age and keep working? Uh, do I need my life insurance? How is my lifestyle going to change? Because as we know, if you make it to 62 in this country, the odds are almost 50-50 that you're going to make it to 90. Who knew, who knew that at 62, we could still have almost half the time we've been here, 30 years, still left on this planet? And that's the one thing that makes us different from our fathers, their fathers, and their fathers. Longer lifespans is a staggering double-edged sword, a mixed blessing, if you would. So every week we try and bring you specialists, national experts, to talk about a myriad of topics to help those 99% of us get through the next 30 years of our life with some pride, with integrity, integrity and quality of life. And uh, the guest that we have on tonight, Ms. Diane Daniels, does that every time she's on. But we are going to talk about one other thing. I started to say that before. I've always tried to stay away from political things. We've been on the air about, what, about 15, 16 months now. Our audience has grown rapidly. But every now and then we got to discuss things. And uh, I don't think Diane's mentioned it in a while. I know she did the first time she was on the show, but she is also a former New York City policewoman. And we are going to talk about today about the current attitude towards our law enforcement agents, towards our policemen, our sheriffs, our, our law enforcement officials of all types in this country, because it's reprehensible. And there is a generation now being taught the wrong thing. And I know um, that Diane is not going to hold back on her opinion. 
She doesn't really hold back on anything, if you haven't noticed. Um, but let me give you a little background of Diane, and then let's bring her right on, John. <clears throat> Tonight, we bring back Miss Diane Daniels, one of our favorite people, uh, who is the host and founder of Medicare Nation, uh, a facility or a, a, found, a platform that has expertise throughout the country on Medicare, Medicare supplemental policies, and all the topics that are related to it. She works closely with many social organizations, political organizations, large companies, and individuals meeting their needs. Very involved in our Tampa Bay community. Uh, not too long ago, uh, she was awarded uh, the number one podcast in the country, which is um, the Medicare Nation podcast. And it was uh, voted the number one podcast in the country on the topic of Medicare. We all get Medicare unless we buy the farm before 65. This is a topic that touches everyone's lives. So without further ado, and let me go. And former New York City policewoman, without further ado, let's welcome back one of our best friends, Miss Diane Daniels. How are you, darling? Great, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I wore the mask there in the beginning just to prove a point. Um, weird you look times. Great. You're Superman I, I, mask. Fact, I love that. I think if I had a dollar for every time I said to somebody in the last three, four months, weird <laughs> times, I probably wouldn't have to have a show or a mortgage company. But this is weird, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we're not, you know, this is kind of cuckoo. I'm telling you, I was mentioning to you before, I just feel like I'm on a science fiction movie that never ends. This is an X-File. We're going to wake up one day and find out it never happened. Sort of like That'd that year nice. when Bobby Ewing died on Dallas, remember? There you this go. There green. you go. But, you know, you walk into Publix and everybody's wearing a mask, and I compliment them for that, although a few weeks ago they weren't. Um, you know, you, you give the elbow or... Sometimes the fist to somebody that you want to shake their hand. You hesitate on hugging your grandchild. Um, you know, there's a lot of repercussions. There's that pebble in the, you know, in the water and the waves come out. Um, you know, I see my grandchildren last time when I say I. We all do. My children, we don't go out to eat. Uh, we do things like this from our office or our living room. Uh, it, it, there's no other way to put it. There, it, it's just weird times. Yeah, and it's very hard for me. I, I'm a very um, affectionate person. I love to hug people, shake their hands, and I love to hug people. It's very hard for me. It, it's, it drains me emotionally. That's a big part of me, so yes. it's very weird for me. Yep. So you're, we're going to talk today, of course, about Medicare, but you brought something up uh, this afternoon, early this afternoon when we spoke, that I didn't expect. Oh, let me shut that off. It's just... Probably Donald Trump wanting to know who's our guest this. <laughs> Donald, I told you, not during the show. Yeah. Never stops. Never stops. Thank God he didn't tweet me. Okay. Thank God. You said something, you know, earlier today, uh, and I don't know. I want you to do this at the flow you want. But sometime during this next hour, we're going to talk about some carriers. I don't mean that people bringing COVID-19 into your home, not that kind of carrier. Insu <laughs> not you gotta watch words carrier, now. No. Insurance carriers um, that you say I would recognize, real names that yeah, are not doing a great job. Definitely recognize two of them for sure. Wow. So I don't know if you want to start with the negative. I know you have a lot to tell us today. You know how I feel about it. When you come over, I could actually I go sit down on the couch and let you take over. 
but let's do the, what do you want to yes. start with? Well, why don't we start with, since we started with the COVID, where we are right this second, I just want to make sure that uh, people that are going to be turning 65 or for those out there who have been on Medicare Part A and delayed their Part B, as a boy and now are going to be enrolling in Part B, that they know how to do it. Because since mm -hmm. COVID, uh, Social Security offices are closed. Okay, they're, yeah. they're not manning the Social Security offices. So people are very confused and have no idea what to do. And I get many, many, many phone calls constantly about this. So I wanted to let everyone know uh, that there's two ways to do it. And you could call uh, Social Security. And if you happen to get in and you don't have a long wait of over 30 to 50 minutes, you could enroll on the telephone. Or you could also go online Okay, and go to the Social Security website, which is ssa.gov, and you can enroll on there. Now, it's very important that all your information has to be up to date. So your current name has to be the current name that Social Security has for you. So if you had recently gotten married uh, and you didn't update your married name with Social Security, or you just moved to a different state or a different county and you didn't update your address, you're not going to be able to do this online. Everything has to be up to date. So as long as you're turning 65, you'll be able to go online. It'll take you less than 10 minutes because I've had clients who've rarely even used a computer and they were able to do this in less than 10 minutes. So go to ssa.gov. You'll you should uh, sign up and do my secure social security, sign up for your own account and then just click on uh, for apply for benefits, then click on apply for Medicare and boom, just fill out the information. And it really is a very short amount of time on the computer. If your information is not up to date or if they are questioning some information, they'll tell you and they'll say, we cannot process your application. You'll have to contact social security and they'll, they'll give you the phone number, which is 800-772-1213. So they'll tell you. But that's mm -hmm. the fastest way to do it. And you should do it uh, within two months of your 65th birthday. That would be perfect. Uh, it used to be you could apply some three to six months out. But now with COVID, they are just so buried in helping people with COVID. They can't I can get just imagine. It. So it's just a backlog, a backlog. So they're asking people to do it closer to their birthday. Uh, so... That's a good amount of time. Or you could call them, like I said, and as long as you could get through or you don't have to wait longer than 20 minutes, give them a call and you could, you could enroll online. And that's the best way to handle it right now with COVID. Okay. Oh, yep. And now I want people to remember that any of the testing for COVID, the regular uh, basic COVID test or the COVID uh, test for the antibodies are both covered under Medicare with no charge to you. Okay, there's no out-of-pocket expense. With the um, antibody test, you do need a referral from your doctor, okay? That you do need, okay? I had it done uh, just a few weeks ago, Michael. I wanted to do it because I wanted to make sure I could tell my clients, you know, what my status was because, you, you know, they mentioned that you could be asymptomatic. That's right. You know, so I wanted to make sure. So I went and had it done. That was a few weeks ago. So I haven't come in contact with anybody really. So except when I'm in public and I wear my mask. <clears throat> And I actually mm -hmm. wear gloves in public because I'm touching so many things. It's the only place I put gloves on. So mm -hmm. I should be still good to go. Uh, my house is never, the counters and doorknobs and switches have never been cleaner in its entire, <laughs> I, I never even did that before. Now they sparkle, right? Yeah, right. 
<laughs> the freaking light switches, you know, I've been cleaning them. They've never been cleaned ever. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're they're like sparkling. Uh so you don't have to worry about the COVID test. That's all covered. And it, and your hospitalization in regard to COVID. If you're in the hospital, and if you were in the hospital, let's say for a stroke, and while you were there, you developed COVID, and you were going to be released, but because you developed it while you're in the hospital, you're covered. The extension for you to stay, anytime you have to be treated for COVID in the hospitalization, it will be covered by Medicare. And they're also offering uh, telehealth uh, visits online for your doctor, whether you have regular office appointments or to determine if you have signs and symptoms for COVID. That's mm-hmm. available also at no charge. So, and if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, most of those plans are accepting exactly what I just laid out to you. Uh, they might have different vendors for telehealth. So you got to just check with your Medicare Advantage carrier to ask them uh, who the carriers are that they're using for telehealth, but the mm-hmm. no copays for any of the testing and for the hospitalization. So that's still going strong. And the one other thing that they've extended is if a person was in the hospital, in order for them to go into a skilled nursing facility, they would have needed a three-day hospitalization stay before right. being admitted into a skilled nursing facility. And it's not a nursing home. That's a 24-hour rehab medical facility. Most likely people that have strokes are going to go there so that they could uh, improve their speech that might have been affected. Maybe they were paralyzed on one side, trying to gain strength. So you used to have to be hospitalized for three days before it admits. Now they've waived that. You don't even have to have any hospitalization prior to going to the skilled nursing facility. That's called a blanket waiver. And Mm -hmm. um, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services you know, just extended that so nobody has to worry about that. All right, great. Yeah, so that that's currently where we are with uh, Medicare and that. So the government think is a lot of people pouring, have been... pouring money uh, to pay for all these services for people. So mm-hmm. definitely you... uh, more money, a lot of money is going out to pay for all this. Do you think a lot of people have been frustrated, especially, you know, 65 is, is not really old anymore. It's not even close, um, but yep. there still are 65-year-old people that are not, you know, technology savvy. Uh, do you think there's been a lot of people in the last three, four months with social security offices being closed throughout the country um, that have been frustrated saying, I need to do this, but haven't? Yeah, I, I, I think what's happening also is because they have so much on their mind. People used to call me six months before they needed to enroll in Medicare and say, can I enroll now? Let's do it now and get it over with. People are calling me now like, two months before their birthday, a month before their birthday, like very close, way Mm -hmm. closer than it was before. And they just have so much on their mind. They're very worried about where we're going with this, what's going to happen with COVID, what's going to happen with the economy. So many things going on in this country. So they're very worried and they're not thinking about it until the last minute, which is very unusual uh, for our 64-year-olds. They're usually very good about doing, getting this done early. Yeah, they, really yeah, they want to get rid of that major medical payment. I know I'm looking forward to it in three years <laughs> when I pay for medical insurance. Yeah. You know, I'm not so, even going to say But they're the good on the it's computer, absurd. believe me. Uh, it's kind of like a seesaw. You know, it used to be, um, you know, 10 years ago, uh, there wasn't a lot of seniors who were getting close to 65 that they could use a computer. Uh, but now it's got to be over, probably over 70% of people 65 to 75 are very mm-hmm. good at it. You know, so they're willing, able, and racking away on that computer or on their smartphone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So there's some people not doing too well, huh? Some companies. Yeah, I, I, 2019, the end of 2019 and the start of 2020, uh, Medicare insurance carriers have really dropped the ball. And, you know, Medicare, I got to say, it's one of the best regulated parts of our government. They do a hell of a job to protect our seniors and for our beneficiaries that are on Medicare. Absolutely. And do not fool around with this stuff. Okay, so they slap penalties, uh, monetary penalties and sanctions uh, hits everybody right in the pocket. That's where you hit corporate America is right in their pocket. And they do not fool around. Mm-hmm. So uh, January 31st, uh, CMS uh, contacted Mr. Art Carlos, who's the CEO of Delaware Life Insurance Company, which is the major umbrella for a lot of other different companies, including Cigna. So including Cigna, uh, HealthSpring, prescription drug plans in our area, uh, were highly affected, as well as Cigna plans and Medicare Advantage plans across the United States. And what happened was is that Medicare put an immediate sanction on them, uh, which means they had to suspend all enrollments into their plan, and they had to stop marketing for their plans at once. That is a huge sanction to a Medicare company. Okay, that means no they had to cost them. Millions and millions of dollars. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, millions and millions of dollars. So what happened was is that they had a total system failure uh, in regard to its disruption between its beneficiaries' access to prescription drugs. Wow. They just, yeah, they had a, a total system failure where they weren't enrolling the people properly. It wasn't in their database properly, and it was showing that they had no record of beneficiaries' enrollment in their plan. Even though people had uh, confirmation numbers, insurance agents who enrolled the people would be telling them they had the numbers, and they had no record of it in their system. So they, they got a new vendor, and they didn't you know, uh, staff them properly, and they were coming out with a new prescription drug plan for 2020. So prior to 2020, uh, they had about 5,300 people on prescription drug plans, but they were introducing a new contract in 2020 for its prescription drug plan, which offered a very competitive premium in the marketplace. One of the top competitive premiums in the country. And they didn't prepare for the amount of enrollment that was going to happen. As a matter wow. of fact, they, their enrollment increased a thousand percent, a thousand percent, and they weren't ready for it. They didn't have enough people enrolling with them. I'm sure no, it's the impossible. crashed. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just insane. So uh, they got complaints from all the people calling. I mean, people would be in line at getting their prescription at the drugstore, and the pharmacist would tell them they didn't have insurance. And they're oh like, what God. are you talking about? Here, here's my card. Yeah. You know, things like that. And they were like, I'm sorry, you either have to pay cash for it or you're not getting it. So uh, Medicare was wow. like, this is insane. So you guys are shut down. And until you take care of business, you're shut down. So uh, early this July, almost six months later, they finally got everything caught up and up to date where CMS has lifted the sanction and allowed them to start marketing and enrolling people but under the strict guidance of CMS right now. So with CMS officials, they're allowing them to start marketing 
and taking care of enrollments again. That had to be multi-millions of dollars. Oh, it had to be tens and tens. Uh, and those poor people that were yeah. at the drugstore, and here's my card. How many of them had you know, the cash for that? Uh, the repercussions of that are staggering. Yeah, it, it, and so they are going to be uh, highly watched now. And if they do anything wrong, I mean, Medicare could, oh, yeah. you know, impose a huge penalty. But having a sanction like that imposed right away, they could terminate the plan. So oh, they've yeah. really got to watch. So I want everybody to know out there that if you do have a Cigna um, prescription drug plan and something happened to you, where your prescriptions got delayed because they told you you didn't have the insurance or you're not happy or you're just nervous now because of what I just told you because it's never uh, on the news. You never hear about this on the news. It's available on the CMS website, but you have to right. really research and know what you're doing to find it. You could call Medicare and you could tell them that you are a Medicare beneficiary of the plan and that you're not comfortable being on that plan and you would like a special election to change your prescription drug plan. And on and a case-by-case case basis, Medicare will most likely allow you to make a change if you're uncomfortable. So I just want you to know that. All right, here's a big name for you, Umana. No. What are they doing? Or not well, doing? Umana, uh, so Medicare, when they enroll a new person on a new insurance plan, so if a person was coming from any other plan, going to a Umana plan, they have to allow time for what's called a transition period. If you were on mm -hmm. a medication that they did not cover in their formulary. Okay, so let's say uh, I was on Advair, which is an inhaler, and they didn't have Advair in their formula. They use Singulair, okay? So if I'm a new enrollee into Humana, by law, they have to offer me a 31-day transition and fill that prescription of Advair for me until I could talk to my doctor and we could decide if I should switch to another inhaler or mm -hmm. the doctor could turn around and tell Humana, listen, this is the best inhaler for Diane. She needs to use this. We're asking for a formulary exception. And then Umana, if they grant the exception, I would be allowed to buy the Advair, but I would have to pay a higher cost for it because they don't offer it. Okay. Well, I guess they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do none of that. Okay. They were just telling people it's not on our formulary. You're out of luck. Too bad. They didn't give anybody the 31 day transition. Wow. Okay, so yeah, so people again were stuck with no medication, having to hustle and bustle and tell the doctor and try to get something else. It might not have been as effective, and, and it, it really was systemic and adversely affecting the beneficiaries. So CMS told uh, Umana's CEO, who is Mr. Bruce Broussard, okay, and Umana is headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky, but they have uh, beneficiaries in Medicare all over the country. I can imagine. Yeah, that's, so, this is a household Oh, name. yeah. It, it's a huge company. It's one of the big ones. And uh, CMS smacked a civil money penalty of $257,261 on Humana. Right. Pay right. I mean, money hey, to Humana. That's a lot of money, still. okay, for, you know, a Medicare uh, Advantage plan or prescription drug plan carrier to have imposed yep. on them. Plus, now they got them breathing down their neck.
okay? Yep. And they really got to watch and tiptoe, yep. walk on eggs, like we would say, because it can only get worse from there. So that yep. was a huge, 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 huge penalty for Humana. Now we're going to talk about a smaller plan. Uh, this is a Medicare Advantage plan, and it's a only here in Florida, in South Florida, as a matter of fact, out of Miami. And it's called Solis, S-O-L-I-S. Okay, mm -hmm. yep. So uh, they got contacted by CMS because um, they, this one is about um, deceiving beneficiaries and misleading them to signing into the Solis Medicare Advantage plan. So what happened was is that Solis had made an arrangement with a provider at a clinic uh, where people could come and see a presentation where Solus employees were going to talk about the Solus plan. They, would, they were going to pick them up in vans and give them yep. little drinks and cookies and you know, hang out and have a tour and then have the presentation. And then the Solus employees were given very aggressive, high marketing tactics to get these people to sign up for the Solus plan. And what happened mm -hmm. was more people than not were getting signed up whether they knew it or not. And then all of a sudden they're finding out they're enrolled in this Solus plan when they're like, I didn't want to sign up for that, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So this is a smaller company and uh, CMS was able to stop it immediately. So Good. it was a, for a short dur duration, uh, only a smaller number of, of people got involved and they slapped them with a $41,000 penalty. So that's what they imposed on them. Hey, for them, that's a, I'm telling you, it's a big deal. That's a very small company. So that's a lot yeah, but, of money. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay you, with that. I now just, the people, people yeah, the are first... listening right now, right? So do you think anybody's going to wind a sign up for that company come in October? No. I'm not going to even... I'm not even going to recommend it to anybody. I'm not going to recommend Humana to anybody. I'm not going to recommend Cigna to anybody. You see, this is a huge thing. If insurance agents out there were going to do the right thing and they even knew what they were doing, if they're listening to this, then they should be out there not recommending these companies to your beneficiaries until they get their crap together because it's your job to take care of your clients and make sure you're putting them on the right plan. Right. So you got it. people got to pay attention. Yeah. All right. And uh, last one we're going to talk about is uh, Tufts. Tufts out of Massachusetts. You heard of Tufts, right? Yeah. Tufts is a major uh, medical clinic out of Massachusetts, and they have their own Medicare Advantage plan. And they had problems because they didn't help people with their grievances and appeals in regards to their Part D formulary and administrative procedures. So they were getting backlogged, and when people wanted to make grievances, they would say, okay, they didn't get, it, get into it in time. Uh, then time would lapse. They would tell people, I'm sorry, time is up, things like that. So things got backlogged, and people weren't afforded the proper channels to make grievances or appeals in regards to their uh, prescription drug information on the plants. So mm -hmm. Medicare turned around and slapped them $28,300. So that's what happened with Tufts. So yeah. there are so many more, Michael. It was a huge end of year where CMS did this, but I can't even talk about it. I could talk about it for three shows. There was so many. So those were just the more interesting and more common names that you would know. And these are, this is not COVID-19 related hiccups in their systems. This was pre-COVID-19. <laughs> it's not. 
Yeah, this this is you know, stuff that happened that should have been taken care of, and they and they didn't take care of it. And primarily, I find it's usually because of training, a lack of training, and they have employees that don't even know what they're doing, and they're just, you know, nobody's monitoring it. So that's right. a big problems when you don't have supervisors or managers monitoring the employees. It's really making uh, an impact on beneficiaries. So beneficiaries, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to stand up for yourself. Just we always do. Okay. And yep. if you have a gripe about something on your Medicare Advantage plan or your prescription drug plan or your supplement plan, please speak up, contact yes. the company and explain what is. And if you don't receive the satisfaction that you feel you were due, ask for an appeal, ask for a grievance. And if you do have an insurance agent, contact that person and have them be the advocate for you. That, and if they don't know how to do it, well, then get rid of them, okay? Because they're That's not right. helping yeah. you at all. That's what they're supposed to be there for you. Not just enroll you and then say, see you later, alligator, and collect their little bit of money and never see you again. This That's is right. the time you need them is when you have a problem. So do you see, um, before we go on to our last topic, as always, I mean, I can't believe we're, ha we're more than halfway through the show. If I, I didn't have a clock on my screen, I would have thought we're like 10 minutes into this. And, and with 34 <laughs> I, I got, minutes, yeah, so did I. But we still got yeah. plenty of time. Yeah. Are the major carriers, you know, other than the ones that you just mentioned, and, and I have to say with the ones you just mentioned, the first one, I have no real blame for. They brought something to market that was so successful they couldn't handle the business. Okay, shame on you. You should have been more prepared. Um, but they weren't deceiving anybody. The other three I got a little bit of a problem with. Um, yeah. But that, be that as it may, are Medicare carriers uh, receiving, obviously, um, more claims, more calls, more everything since the beginning of March with COVID-19? How are the big boys doing? with keeping up in this increased demand. I mean, again, when I think about, you know, the seniors in their little prison camps of, um, you know, of where they're living now all alone and not being able to see guests and dying alone, we, we talked about this. Um, mm -hmm. This is beyond sad. I mean, yeah. it's beyond sad. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it is. how are the big boys doing with the claims and the added phone calls since March? They're not, they're not doing good at all. None of these companies are doing good. Um, I mean, my clients, we're constantly talking, okay, because first of all, they, in the beginning, they didn't even know what they were supposed to do. Should they have gotten a test? Uh, I'm worried if I have COVID, all that kind of stuff in the beginning, you know, like in February, March. Uh, but now it's not so bad. Many of the calls I get now is they don't understand how to get on a telehealth call with their doctor, whether it's on their right. phone or on their computer. So I walk them through that. Uh, I do practice sessions with them on Zoom. I get them now. I've been introducing hundreds of people onto Zoom uh, through their smartphone. We should have bought stock in Zoom so three months ago. Yeah, right. Zoom is Zoom, Zoom. Remember that? Oh my God. Yeah. Nine, three, yeah. one. Well, I forget. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's been good. But calling the companies, I've been calling the uh, insurance carriers a lot more. And more serious problems are happening. And I think it's just because they're inundated between COVID plus the, all the other claims that have been coming through before. I mean, the two biggest problems I have had in the last month is I had one client who needed oxygen. 
she needed oxygen and because uh, she had changed companies in January, excuse me, policies, Medicare carriers, nobody was talking to anybody and the oxygen vendor wouldn't pick up and get her new oxygen because the Medicare carrier didn't give them the okay because the doctor didn't give them the, the referral for the oxygen. I mean, it was like a triangle of crap. I mean, this poor woman for over oxygen. a week had no oxygen and she needed it. And then she finally called me. I told her she should call me from day one. Everyone should always call me because I could take care of it quickly. And, man, we spent a couple hours on the phone, but I got that taken care of. Boom. You know, done. And they're just, they're so stunad. Okay, Michael? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's just stunad. What are we going to do with the people that aren't from New York that don't know what stunad is? <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Wasn't that the name of Tony Soprano's yacht? I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, I'm not going to stick up for people that do things wrong, um, but I, I have a certain element of patience. We've never gone through this. So to sit back and be a Monday morning quarterback and say this insurance company could have done it better, this politician could have done it better, this anybody could have handled the hospital should have been more prepared, why didn't we have enough masks? We haven't gone through this ever. No. So, you know, I'm not going to have malice. Um, I'm going to have malice towards people that take advantage of other people. Um, there you go. But not towards people that weren't prepared for something that we had no idea was coming. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, I get yep. mad at people who say that you know, totally off topic and we're not going to go on this topic. You know, about 911. <laughs> Why didn't we know? Because it's never happened. Well, it happened in Pearl Harbor. But since then, it never happened. What do you mean, why didn't we know? You know, so these uh, Monday morning armchair quarterbacks uh, are, are sometimes very annoying. So anything very. left on the Medicare board that you want no. to cover? Because we're going to go okay. into a topic now that okay. I know is close to your heart, that is very emotional to me, um, because I was brought up by an old-fashioned World War II veteran um, yes. that brought me up with the proper values. And um, I try not to let 62 who knew really get into things like this, but I think we're going to change our mind. I'm going to stop staying away from things, um, you know, that, that are rough because mm -hmm. um, this is not to me. No, I'm going to let you go first. You're a former New York City policeman, policewoman, Police person. Guys, if you want to know where Angie Dickinson got her role model from, there it is, policewoman. Um, I, I can't stay. I mean, I'm getting the chills right now, the way law enforcement is being looked at today. Not by a chosen few, not by a certain ethnic group. This is not about that. This is about the country. Yeah. This These is are the, the people that are here to protect and serve. I just can't get it. It's infuriating. These are the strangers that when you dial 911, they come running to your rescue. They don't know what your name is, what color you are. They don't know nothing. They just come to help you. And uh, tell me your, you know, your point of view from this as somebody that walked, you know, the streets of New York and were part of New York's finest. Well, you know, people must realize that a police department is a paramilitary organization. 
All right. The officers follow orders, okay, from their superiors. So it's paramilitary. So when they go out and they're told to go walk a beat, when they're told to, you know, go do uh, speed enforcement, when they're out there responding to calls, they do what they're supposed to be doing. And there is not a police officer in this country that saw that horrific, wrenching, gut-wrenching, sick video about George Floyd that would sit there and say, my God, get off of him, get off of him. No cop agrees with what happened there. There is none. No civilian. Nobody here in the country believes in that unless you're a sadistic KKK person, and that's, you know, you're all about that. Everybody else realizes how awful and unbelievably terrifying that was for that man. So the things that have spawned from that to blame all of law enforcement is just wrong. It's just wrong. I know police officers go out there and every day they try so hard to do what's right, okay, to protect the people, okay, from bad things happening. That's what they do. They are protecting you from what's out there that you can't protect yourself from. Now, a big problem with police is that there's not enough training. I'm going to tell you that right now. I never had enough training. There's never enough training because that's one of the first things that gets cut in the budget is training. You have your first training when you go to the academy, you know, however long you're spending in the academy, and then once a year you have your continuing education, but that's it. They, they drop all the training, so there's never enough training to learn about de-escalation or less than lethal type of weapons. They need a, so much more. So you, you mm-hmm. need to tell your politicians to train the cops. Give them the money to train them. Don't take this out on every police officer because that's not how they feel. They want to do what's right. They, they want to protect you, and they have to protect themselves. They're, they are doing the best they can out there. But for people to go out there and specifically attack police officers for no reason other than a retribution for what happened to George Floyd, that's irreprehensible. That's just criminal. That's just like attempted murder. It is criminal. You know? Yeah. So I could only ask you, I mean. Having some technical difficulties. That's all right. It happens. About 10 seconds ago, you blocked out. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, this is very disheartening. Um, and again, and I'm sorry, it's not about color. It's about, um, a group of people, police I'm talking about, who are paramilitary, but are still human beings. There are bad dentists. There are bad surgeons. There are bad firemen. There are bad mortgage people. There are bad insurance people. Every organization. Everybody. Okay? Um, Not to get disrespectful, there are bad people in the religious world. 
There are bad priests. Of course, of course. Why? There are bad ministers. There are bad rabbis. Um, There are bad everything. And when, I'm just going to say it, when Barack Obama looked in the TV camera, this is the most political thing I've ever said on 62 Who Knew. When Barack Obama looked in the TV camera and said that there is a systemic problem with the police in the United States of America shooting young black men, he threw this nation behind on racism a minimum of 50 years. A minimum of 50 years. Never made such a political statement as the host of this show. I said I didn't want to do that because, you know, you can end up getting half your audience mad at you. But you're Um, not being political, Michael, because it's not a true statement. And I understand the president was upset about what was occurring, and I understand that. I'm sure even he himself uh, realized later on that probably wasn't the right word. It's just he was emotional, and I'm sure that's what happened. But it's not. Come on. We don't know. But it's not systemic. I know for a fact it's not systemic. Well, it's, it's, that's, and again, it's, this not, is, it's not even this is, prevalent. It's not even often. I mean, it is so seldom. Yeah. It's just hard to believe. You know, the media doesn't help at all. No, the they, you know, they want help. you. They fuel you. That's what yeah, makes you do. come back. I mean, what happened to the captain in St. Louis, Captain Dorn, who was killed by a rioter? Okay, uh, Captain Dorn, and I'm only br- saying this because uh, well, they're talking about the Black Lives Matter. Captain Dorn happened to be an African-American man, and he got killed by an a- another African-American man. What was that? They only killed him because he was a police officer. What happened sure. to they were, the whole purpose of it was for Black Lives Matter. Captain Dorn's life didn't matter, and the media never covered it. No, they, they never will. Like, very they small will. piece of it. No. And that's both sides of the media. I'm not taking sides here. I don't oh, care no, if we're talking sides. CNN or yeah. Fox News. They want to give you. They want to feed you the hatred. They want to keep the hatred up there. It's what keeps their ratings up there. Um, you know, one of the most frustrating things to me about this, you know, quite frankly, um, is that in my heart, black lives do matter. But when you see this terrible stuff going on. That's not representative of the fine, not millions, tens of millions or hundreds of millions of black people in this country that are law-abiding citizens. They want changes. They deserve changes. It's about time people of all colors stood up with them and demanded these changes, demanded said certain police be removed, certain prejudices. I mean, we keep making improvements. I hate when I hear that America yeah. is basically a racist country. No, it it's not. is not. It's not. In no. little teeny no. pockets with hillbillies and people with, you know, with sheets on, you know, and sometimes it's people in suits and ties, you know, that are, you know, wearing their sheets in their room where nobody can see them. This is not a racist country. It was not too long ago. Can't deny that. I mean, we, we have to stand up and say, that slavery, slavery was the darkest spot, if not one of, most certainly, if not one of, the darkest spot on our history. But you learn from history. You know, I, and Michael, to that it. gets what? me a, a little this is absurd. upset, too, because 
slavery is deplorable. I, it should never happen to any human being. But, I mean, you realize, you know, slavery has been going on since the beginning of mankind. Yes. The Egyptians had slaves. Okay. Yeah, they were the Jews. I mean, that's just one pure example we you can think yes. about. Okay, and whether they were white, brown, or black, they were slaves. Okay, mm -hmm. so this has been going on. Slavery has been going on since the beginning of time. It's not. It did not just happen to African Americans that were brought here. It it has been going on forever. Okay, and there is nobody, not a human, who has been had more things happen to them than the Jewish people. I'm sorry. This is true. No one could say they have had uh, more things affected because of their oppression, because of their religion, because of, of their country. It still goes on today, the fighting that they have to do with these other countries over mm -hmm. religious things that have been going on for thousands and thousands of years. No one has been more pressed than the Jews. Hitler, Egypt. Yeah. Still today, I mean, so we need to get over this racism thing and we need to band together as human beings. We all That's deserve right. to be treated nice and kind, just like, yes. you know, it says, you know, uh, treat yourself, you know, neighbors as you would treat yourself. The golden rule. That's right. That's the it. The golden rule. All of us. Black, yeah. white, yellow, green, red. I don't care what color we are. It doesn't matter. Human beings. Mm-hmm. We no, have no, to treat I absolutely each other agree right. with that, but... When I hear, you know, when I hear protesters who are not sometimes protesters, they could be just paid for, you know, mean people out there. And that is out there right now. Um, you know, there, there was something here in Tampa and, you know, I think it went viral on Facebook, but you never saw it on any news programs. Um, you know, that a, a, a white police officer kind of got separated from his squad. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook. Uh, in yeah, downtown Tampa. And, uh, you know, we had some violence in Tampa and suddenly found himself surrounded um, by agitators. Um, and he was alone. And this, this was going to get very bad, very quick. And who came to his aid? A group of black protesters surrounded him and said to the agitators, to the violent people, no, no, no. You're not Excellent. even... Don't even think about it. Why isn't that on Fox News or CNN or exactly. MSNBC? Why isn't that on the on the front cover of the St. Pete Times or the New or the New York Times? That's the real world. That's the real America. And That's right. uh, and again, I just implore everybody of all color to to stand up with our black brothers and sisters. It is time to put an end to this. But to take an entire group that in the hour, well, 40, 52 minutes that we've been speaking, that have probably throughout the United States, I'd say in this hour, I could be off, but not too far off, probably answered 100,000 calls, mm -hmm. never touched their weapon, never right. even drew right. their weapon, and saved lives, saved battered women, battered children, took speeders off the road. That's what happened in the 52 minutes that we've been speaking, mm -hmm. to, to villainize them as a group. It, it's past reprehensible. And for certain people to be teaching their young 
to distrust that badge is just wrong. I was brought up that you trust and respect the badge and the person wearing it. And could there be some bad ones? Could that trust be misplaced? Yes. Of course. Of course. It's like you don't. Absolutely. It's like people die on an operating table that shouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. But to, to, to when I hear on TV, the police, mm-hmm. how? That word, systemic, it just can't be put. It's like trying to put toothpaste, toothpaste back in the tube. And with, with all the police officers that are retiring now because they are scared to death for their own mm-hmm. lives, okay, what a burden this is going to become as we get further and further down the line if it doesn't stop soon because what person in their right mind wants to become a police officer right now? That's right. Who? Yeah. It, yeah. It, All right. Yeah. So it's it's only going to hurt ourselves, okay? We're biting our nose off to spite our face if that's the way that's going to be action out there. We have to get together and fund, and not defund, fund the police give them the That's training right. that they need. Give them the money to train them. And let them, you know, have more training with social workers on de-escalating with other non-lethal weapons. Okay? But you have to remember a police officer is only going to take out their weapon when they feel that there's an imminent danger to themselves or to somebody else. That's how they are trained. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not trained to kneel on someone's neck. I can tell you that is not any form of training that a police officer receives anywhere in this country. I don't know where that officer got that from, but he was never taught that. So no, he was mentally ill. Let's face it. Yeah, the, he was mentally yeah. ill as much as any criminal. Um, he was a mentally ill person that should not have a gun and a badge. And the only thing I can say on the other side because I do have such a respect for the men and women that wear that, day, that wear that badge, is that, and again, I'm going to bring the church back into it, so please don't anybody get mad at me. Just like the Vatican knew where the ba- bad preachers were, where the bad priests were, and kept moving them, every captain, every sergeant in this country knows he's got bad cops. That's Throw right. them out. Don't worry about the union. They do have to worry about the union. I, I can't believe people in that precinct didn't know this man shouldn't have a gun and a badge. So, I, again, I want the police to step up. I want them Absolutely. to start Absolutely. policing they need themselves. To step up. And don't be afraid, just like you said, with the um, union. If there's a the police officer that's not doing their job, okay, and they are uh, taking away the rights of any citizen or they are causing the, a bad injury or even death to a citizen that is not appropriate, Fire them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. But the, and you just, yeah. you know, you take care of it and go to court later. Too bad. You got to yeah. do what's I, right. I, I've and, mentioned and the that to a few people and they gotta come stand back up with for your the, brothers and sisters and tell them, cut mm-hmm. that crap out. Stand yeah. up. Uh, and, you know, the unions have become so powerful. I, I, I discussed this with certain people. They come back and go, oh, my God, they can come back and sue it. What does this mean? I mean, um, now, with only a few minutes left, which is not enough, what do you think <laughs> of, of the people that stood around this police officer, the other police officers? Oh, the other three? Let it happen. What's yeah. your opinion of them? Yeah, with the other officers, um, I mean, look, I don't care what anybody says. 
there is not a human being that could say that they didn't believe that with that officer kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck, that that was going to seriously injure him or kill him. So I'm sorry, I don't care if you were one day on the job, you were five years on the job, or you were getting ready to retire the next day. You need to step up and, and take action and prevent that That's from right. happening. You yeah. have to do it. If you can't I've had a do few it, people say you know to what? me, you know, you be there. when you're a young cop, you don't want to get fired. The last thing you're going to do is go after, you know, somebody with more seniority. No one will ever back you up. And, and I, I, I hope that's not true. I just got to hope. Is the blue I mean, line that I was? Thick? I was a rookie. Yeah. I know what it what it means. But you've got to stand up. You're you're trained. You know what's right. As a human being, you know what's right. Okay. And there's ways to to get around that without you know making it even seem like you're trying to be disrespectful to your superior. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I I can't speak for any of them. You know, I don't know what was in their mind, but you have to you have to speak up. You have to. You yeah. Have to do it. I mean, yeah, we, I think all people, you know, stand around or, again, back to the armchair quarterbacks. You know, I'd like to think that if I was there, I would have tried to jump the cop. I wouldn't have wanted to get shot. He was murdering somebody. I don't had nothing in his mind. I, I think there definitely was color in his mind. There's no doubt in my mind. He was a sick person. But yeah. so many people taking videos, people driving by. What is happening to America? I don't think any of those cops standing around put on a badge and went to the academy to let something like that happen. But no, they did. No. And I hope they never wear a badge again. I sincerely yeah. do. hope they never wear a I don't even want the people that were standing around to be mall cops. Um, they yeah. shouldn't have any type of uniform whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Just between well, you, COVID-19. You just got to go out there. Um, you, if you, you're out there and you see a cop, at a car, in his car, her car, or they're at a, a coffee shop or in a 7-Eleven or something, just thank them for what they're doing. Please give that's them some highlight of their day, please. Yep. Okay, because yeah, believe I, me, I do that they do care um, about you very much. They, they will give up their life for you, and you don't even know that. They will. They will give up their life for you. So please be respectful and cordial. That's, that's, that's all I can ask you to do. Please don't take anything out on all these beautiful men and women of all colors and nationalities right. and ethnicities and religions. They're human beings too. And believe me, the majority, 99% of them are wonderful people and are trying that's so okay. hard to, to protect you and your children and your family. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's very similar with the one minute to go. You brought up something very interesting. How many people are going to want to be police officers because of the environment? And aren't we going through the same thing for the last 15 years with school teachers? They've gone from yeah. school teachers to babysitters to secondary parents to having to watch out if a kid eats peanuts to having to learn how to oh. use, you know, epidermal epidermic needles to having to do CPR to knowing how to take cover if there's a shooter in the school. And we wonder why teachers, why kids coming out of college don't want to be teachers. So uh, um, it's, it's just we a live crazy, in a crazy world, world. It's what I said an hour ago. So with 20 seconds left, it's always so good to have you. Thank you so much hey, for I, being here. I love being and, here, uh, Michael. I love all your listeners. Thank you so much for letting me come back and spend this time with you and your listeners. All righty. Guys, with six seconds left, thank you for being at 62 Who Knew? Wear your mask special social distancing, and let's be good to each other, all of us.
Thank you.